Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I hope you're well. Still hanging on here. So far, school seems to be going well. I worry, but it's good to have school in person this year. And once we get my new database up and running at work, I'll feel a lot less stress at work, too. (laughs) Our old one was a mess, so getting migrated into the new one has been a pain. I'm looking forward to having time to do my regular day-to-day work instead of focusing solely on the technology. Not that any of that has anything to do with this. Today, we continue working through the Bibliotheca. We're up to Chapter 2 of Book 2. I'm using the Fraser translation, which is probably what you found online, too. After Danaeus dies, Lyncaeus becomes king of Argos. He and Hypermenestra have a son named Abbas. Abbas and Aglaia have twin sons named Acrisius and Proteus. They hate each other, even before they're born. So naturally, they grow up to war over the kingdom. In doing so, they invent shields, which I suppose means the male chorus and Aeschylus as the suppliants shouldn't carry shields because that story comes earlier. Huh. Anyway, Acrisius wins and drives Proteus out of Argos. Proteus goes to Lycia, where Iobates is king, unless it's Amphionax, whoever the king is. Proteus marries his daughter. Homer says her name is Antia, but Euripides says that she's Sthenoboia. One of those names is easier to pronounce, but the other is a bit more fun. Anyway, with some help from his in-laws, Proteus gets an army and invades Argos. Eventually, Proteus and Acrisius reach a compromise. They each get half the kingdom. Acrisius lives in Argos, the city, and Proteus lives in Tiryns. Acrisius has a daughter named Danaea. Her mother is Eurydice, but not the one you know from the Orthias myth. Proteus and Sthenoboia have daughters, uh, Lysippe, Iphinoe, and Iphianasa. They all go mad when they grow up. Hesiod says it's because they refused to worship Dionysus, but Ecusalus says that it's because they were rude to Hera. Whichever god is behind it, the three roam around the known world in their madness until Melampus tells Proteus how they can be cured. For a fee, of course. A fee which Proteus isn't willing to pay. At least until the madness spreads to all of the other women and they all abandon their homes and families, which frankly sounds a little bit like a general strike, but maybe that's just me. All of the women going mad is enough for Proteus to decide that maybe he should pay Melampus. But then Melampus doubles down. Literally. He wants the same fee to be paid to his brother Bias. Proteus agrees. Melampus assembles a band of stalwart young men. They chase the women home. Iphinoe dies, but everyone else survives, is purified, and goes back to normal. In exchange, Proteus gives his surviving daughters as wives to Melampus and Bias, so things are definitely back to normal, which is not so great for any of the women in this story. And then Proteus has a son named Megapenthes. And that is the end of the chapter. Expecting to hear more about Megapenthes? Yeah, this text is seriously disjointed. So what do you think? Are Proteus' daughters truly mad? Or maybe they're just refusing to live conventionally? And if they are mad, who do you think is responsible? Dionysus or Hera? Pop over to the blog and share. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL is in the show notes. The link to my Patreon is there too, should you feel so inclined. In the next episode, we'll start the Roman tragedies with Seneca's Agamemnon. 
Unless I start writing and decide that I have too much to say about Seneca to get into the play in the first Roman tragedy episode, but then the next episode will definitely, whatever, it will definitely include a discussion of Seneca and his tragedies, which will make up the Roman tragedy course. Those are the surviving tragedies we have. And perhaps I will also talk about Seneca's Agamemnon if talking about Seneca doesn't take up too much time. Whichever it is, I will talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.